I feel like there's too much wrong in this world to fix, but I am determined to fight. I feel like shining a spotlight on what certain people try so hard not to see. This is Skylar Asna and welcome to Stories Retold. Welcome back to Stories Retold, where we retell amazing stories. It's your girl, Skylar Resna. And this month, in honor of Native American Heritage Month, we are retelling stories from Native American authors talking about different sides of Native American culture. Now, this was really important for me to do because I realized I had never read a book by a Native American author. Was that intentional of me? No, but I was never shown or introduced to works by Native American authors. So I decided this whole month, we are gonna focus on Native American authors, but in different genres. Today's amazing story is Hearts Unbroken by Cynthia Lytick-Smith. She is a member of the Muscogee Creek Nation, which happens to be the ancestral land that I am on right now. So I'm not gonna waste your time or mine. We're gonna dive right in. So grab your snacks, grab your tea, and grab your bestie, because here we go. <laughs> Today's summary comes from socialjusticebooks.org. When Louise Wolf's first real boyfriend mocks and disrespects Native people in front of her, she breaks things off and dumps him over email. It's her senior year anyway, and she'd rather spend time with her family and friends and working on the school newspaper. The editor pair her up with Joey Caruse, Caruse, I think it's Caruse, the ambitious new photojournalist. And in no time, the paper staff find themselves with a major story to cover. The school music director's inclusive approach to the casting The Wizard of Oz has been provoking backlash in their mostly white middle-class Kansas town. From the newly formed Parents Against Revisionist Theater to anonymous threats, long-held prejudices are being laid bare and hostilities are spreading against teachers, parents, and students, especially the cast members at the center of the controversy, including Lou's little brother, who's playing the Tin Man. As tensions mount in school, so does a romance between Lou and Joey. But as she's learned, Dating while native can be difficult. In order to protect her own heart, will Lou break Joey's? Mm, I don't know, Lou, what you going to? I don't know. So this isn't exactly a warning, but I thought this was something really cool that you're not gonna be able to see unless you read the book. Um, there are some phrases in the book that are in Miskov, which is the language the native language of the Muscogee Creek Nation. And will I be attempting to say any of these words? No, no, no. I can't even practice Spanish without getting like, oh no, I'm sorry, I said it, you're gonna hate me. No, I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna try. But it is beautiful. I listened to some of the language being spoken by people who actually know how to do languages. Even though I'm scared to speak other languages in front of people who speak the languages natively, I do try, but I'm not gonna do it today. Okay, thank you, thank you. 
if you are planning on reading the book, which should be everybody, thank you. Um, there's a glossary in the back of the book that has the word along with its English translation. So uh, that is super cool. I wish you guys, I wish I could like show you, but I can't. I returned the book to the library already, but yeah, it was cool. This is our second? Oh yeah! You guys, last week, well not last week, our last episode, our main character was named Luis. We have another Luis! See this popping up everywhere. I'm, I love it. But um, the book also calls her Lou. So I may say Lou, I may say Louise. I don't know, let's see what happens. So this is mentioned in summary and I just wanna reiterate, we are gonna be talking about racist white people and we are gonna be talking about pissing them off. And the fact that theater is mixed in the middle of it makes me happy to the point of no end. I just wanted to put that out there. So yeah, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. So the book starts the day after Louise's prom, which kind of throw, I think it's her junior prom. It's junior prom, after her junior prom. And she wakes up in the lake house of her boyfriend's best friend. They all went there. You know, nothing happened, scandalous. We're good, she just finds herself here. And as any person of color, she's cleaning up the house because I'm not gonna have somebody's family come in here, see it a mess and think I'm a messy person. We're not gonna do that. But that's a cultural thing that I love that goes across all cultures. This, we're not gonna let, I'm not gonna sit here and let you think I'm a messy person. Even if I am a messy person, you're not gonna see it in the guest house. Oh no, oh no, no, no. So, and it literally, it takes us no time to find out that Cam, her boyfriend, is a piece of trash. It literally takes two seconds and his pig comes out. Cause Cam's brother gets engaged to a woman of the Kickapoo tribe, which is a real tribe in Kansas. And Cam's mom wants Cam to talk him out of it because he can't marry her. Those people. Okay, I said racist people in the book. I fair warned. Her golden boy boyfriend is going off and talking smack about native people to her face, knowing she's native. And he's like, oh, but you're not really native because like your dad's a dentist. We don't like it. We don't like it. So when Lou calls him out, he he gets all in the defensive. We don't like it. And he and she's trying to be the peacemaker, like, calm down, it's okay. Da-da-da. He's really showing his behind. And everybody sees it. You know? Everybody sees it. She's obviously upset. He takes her home and you know how people who do wrong and feel guilty, but they're not gonna apologize? He started hitting her up. He started texting her, leaving her voicemails. And uh, he blamed her moodiness on PMS. Mm, yay. So she did what any sane person would do. She broke up with him. So she said, oh, you know what? Let me do a text message. No, because then he's gonna try to like text me back and all this stuff. Like it's too instant, you know? She said, let me send a letter. No, his mom's gonna get the letter before he does. You know what? Email. He doesn't really check his email. He just does it for like football things. So he's not gonna check it. So let me just send him an email. So she broke up with him through email. 
and then went to sleep like nothing happened. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. I think it's fine. So like I said, junior prom, you know, junior prom happened like at the end of the school year. So we're right in the summertime now, right? Lou and her family go to Oklahoma where I, their family is from and they go to a Miss Cole festival. I didn't know there was a Miss Cole's festival, but I'm not surprised because I feel like every culture has festivals or something they do to celebrate themselves and I love it. But this is where I discovered um, there's a such thing as Indian tacos. And I love tacos. Um, I would like to try an Indian taco if someone can direct me to where I go for an Indian taco in Georgia. I would very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So we learned more about the culture. We learned about her family on the journey and Louise and her brother Huey's uh, relationship. Um, they both kind of wish that they lived in Oklahoma with their community and not in this all white town in Kansas. It has its ups and downs, you know? So seeing them kind of like work out the pros and cons in their head is interesting to see. They also, and I, I have heard, okay, I don't have experience with this because my parents grew up speaking English. That's all they had, you know? I'm black. Lou and Huey are learning Miss Cove because their parents didn't teach them. I have heard that people do that so they don't have an accent, but um, they are actually learning Miss Cove because they want uh, more connection with their heritage. And I think it is a beautiful thing. I think that's really beautiful. There's much more I have to say about that, but we're gonna keep going on with the book. So we get back to school. We get back to school. It was a quick, it was a quick summer. There are more that happened in that summer, but um, go read the book. It's the first day of school, first day of senior year for Louise, and it's the first day of freshman year for Huey, right? So they're walking to the school and guess who's trying to talk to Lou? Cam, the trash ex-boyfriend, okay? Now, Lou's trying to be nice. You know, she don't got to be nice. He's trying to be nice. And he's like, hey, I miss you. Trying to hug up on her and kiss her and everything. He tried to force a kiss. He really did. Because one thing these men have is the audacity. He really did try. It didn't work, obviously. And he painted Lou as the bad guy. Like, she was the one who broke his heart and da 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 and she didn't love me and da. so okay so Lou wants to be on the newspaper that's her thing right Huey wants to do theater and as a theater kid myself ah I just love it I just love it all oh, the joy of the first musical you know I love it I love it I love it I love it okay whoo all right so like I said in the summary, they're doing The Wizard of Oz and he wants to be the Tin Man. Personally, I'm a fan of the Wicked Witch of the East myself. A little wicked. What I love is that the book explains the difference between color blind casting and color conscious casting. As much as I wanna dive into the logistics of theater and all this stuff, I'm gonna keep going for the sake of the book. If not, I will be here all day, okay? So. Uh, and they mentioned Hamilton. I'm a Hamilton fan, so it's just, 
I love all theater references. As a theater kid myself, I love the references. If you love theater references, go read this book. You're gonna enjoy it, I promise. Go for it. So unfortunately, with all the good, there comes the bad. There is a group called Parents Against Revisionist Theater, or PART, who does not like that they're taking a color conscious approach to casting because that would mean a person of color, although there is very few of them, a person of color could play the lead as Dorothy and Dorothy is white. The cast is white, but how you gonna tell me a tin man is white? You a tin man, you ain't got no color, but gray. And I don't think you want a gray person playing anything in your show. I don't have to tell you though that they're gonna be a problem, right? You got that part? All right, great. Louise's and Huey's mom is studying to be a lawyer in order to, and I quote, defend tribal sovereignty and keep American American Indian children and American Indian families and communities. Because in 2021, Texas, Texas is arguing that the Indian Child Welfare Act, which keeps, um, well, makes it harder to remove Native American children from their families and their communities and moving them to outside of their outside of their communities for foster care and um, adoption cases should be thrown out. So trying to get trying to get American Indian children into good Christian homes. As a Christian, that really just makes me so upset because that's that ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Is it really sad that we're fighting the same issues we're fighting? Our ancestors were fighting the same thing we're fighting for now and that just makes me mad. Is it too hard just to accept other people's differences and live in peace? Is it that hard? I didn't think it was hard. Okay. I mean, as long as no one is in doing anything that is dangerous and harmful to someone and you literally are damaging the person, sit down and eat your tacos. Sit down and eat your tacos. Or your pizza. Hey. So, like I said, Huey is on that thespian lifestyle. And Louise is on the newspaper. Which is more like an online newspaper because, you know, today's day and age, kids aren't really reading newspapers. Louise wants the featured section, you know the big up and coming stories, right? And so does this kid named Joey. We talked about Joey in the submarine. Then there's a romance connection. We know it's gonna happen. So we're just not gonna fight it. We're just gonna enjoy the ride, okay? All right. So they have a flirtatious relationship starting off, but Louise is so focused on, he is the enemy. He's trying to get our section. He's trying to beat us for the front page. I think not, you know, that. She's very determined and I can't get distracted. This man will not throw me off my game, but he is. He is, absolutely, he is. He's kind of cocky, but okay, all right. I'll let you have it, I'll let you have it. They are also outliers at this all-white school because Louise and Huey are Native American and Joey is half Lebanese. He's the only Arab American. So they aren't white, they aren't black, and they're counted as other. Which I just had a conversation about the other day. A lot of people just see black and white, but there's so much more than just black and white. And we gotta stop thinking it's either yay. I don't wanna say yay or nay, but it's not, it's not either A or B. There are so many other letters than A and B. 
you know? I really, really, really love how they talk about um, race in this book. I love how they talk about race in this book, especially when they have a conversation on who is a terrorist, okay? So, so this white male teacher, I believe he was a male, yep, white male teacher was talking about terrorism and teaching about 9-11. I believe it was about 9-11. And this white kid said he wanted to bomb the Middle East. Um, the innocent as well as the guilty because a better, better them than us mentality, you know? And he, then the, the little boy also said, when you hear terrorists, it's followed by a Muslim name, okay? Of course, of course, a student of color said something about this, you know? And although the white kids should have, should have used their privilege, it is the teacher, a white man, told the student to look up the Oklahoma City bombers and then, and I quote, decide whether you deserve to get nuked for their act of terrorism. I will not sit here and overhype somebody for doing what they're supposed to do with their privilege. But I am going to say I am appreciative for using for him using his privilege correctly, even though he's a fictional character. I appreciate that he used his privilege well. He did good. He did a good job. It's good to see. It's just good to see. All right. So, oh my gosh, for my thespians, my thespians. I have some good news. I have some good news. Huey got casted as the Tin Man. Yay! We're so happy for him. As a freshman, if you don't know nothing about high school theater, let me tell you something right now, okay? Getting casted in a main role as a freshman does not happen. Okay, it does not happen, but he did because he put in the time, the energy, and the effort. We are very, very proud. We're proud theater mommies and aunties and uncles and brothers and daddies and all that. We're proud. We are proud, okay? <laughs> Unfortunately, everybody isn't happy for him as we are. There was a letter to the house that, that was sent to Huey's house, which says, there's no place like home. Go back to where you came from. Now, of course, it is a scary thing to have something sent to your house that is threatening and there's no return address. You don't know where it came from, who the people are, but they know where you live, you know? And the other actors of color received the same letter. And all of this is going into Louise's story that she's doing about bullying, about school bullying. How she started talking about bullying is she heard somebody call somebody else a slut. And with the letters popping up, it's just all fuels to the fire. And we really see how people, and in the book, we really see how people feel when it comes to other races and ethnicities. Now, 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 um, there's no way, there's no way I cannot talk about intersectionality because I can't talk, I can't not talk about intersectionality when it comes to this book. 
because we're dealing with gender, we're dealing with race, and we're even dealing with, we're dealing with ethnicity, we're dealing with legacy, like how long you've been in the community, the ties you have to the community, how accepted you are into the community. Like there are so many different intersectionalities at work here. There's no way I cannot talk about it, you know? And because Louise is a Native American girl, woman, and her family is new to the area. So not only that, she is the oldest sister and she has somebody underneath her to think about. So as much as Louise wants to just run out and publish in the newspaper, this thing is happening, it's wrong, it's an injustice. She has to think about how this will affect her little brother, how this will affect her family, because she has a legacy to protect. She has to look out for her younger, her younger sibling, because if she blows everything up, it's not just going to fall on her. It's also going to fall on him. There is no safety or security for him if she does something crazy, you know? I'm not an older sister, so I don't know what it's like to have um, the responsibility of being something. So when my younger sister comes in, they already have a good, um, a good expectation for them, you know? But... I know my older sister, whenever I was in school and we had the same teacher, that happened like multiple times we had the same teacher. And everyone was like, oh, that's your sister? Oh, well, you're going to be just fine. Because they knew my sister set a certain expectation. So when I walked in, I was met with that same level of expectation. So I'm not an older sister, but Louise has to really think, like, I'm not, I can't cause a problem for my little brother. And then when he walks in the room, he already has so much already against him as a Native American man, I can't put something else on him as a troublemaker or or um, someone who just stirs, stirs the pot, you know? So the whole family agrees. We're not going to tell nobody, play it cool. So do you remember when I said the Parents Against Revisionist Theater or part was going to be a problem? Yeah, they're a problem. So one of the students had his future, his college future and his career future threatened. Another student was told by their parents, you have to stop this or the, the community is not going to support our business anymore. And a teacher, a teacher even got in trouble because what was going on with um, the paper reporting about the show and all of the the prejudice and all the issues was going on with the show. So these people are coming for throats, okay? They are coming for throats. There's a lot I can say here. I can literally be here for days. We can sit here and I can go for days. But one, we ain't got time. We don't have time right now. And you have to go read the book so you really know what I'm talking about so we can have this conversation and really dive into it so it's not just one-sided. And two, as an artist, I don't like artist oppression. Very much not not for it. Especially when it's trying to evolve past where we were. We're talking about a color conscious cast. How can you be mad at a color conscious cast? Does it make sense? With all these threats, it just leaves 
Louise and Joey to deal with part. It just leaves them too because everybody else got like threatened out. But them two ain't got nothing to lose. What are you gonna do to me? Huh? My parents don't have a business that you can destroy. Um, I don't have a career that you can take away from me or like a promise of a future to take away from me right now because you don't control that. And my parents' job is secure. So what you gonna do? But isn't it so funny? I don't know if y'all know it, if you are a minority or not, I don't know. But I always find that it's minorities that are the ones fighting the hardest for injustice when it comes to people of color. I mean, obviously, because it affects us the most, but the people with the, with the power, with the privilege, that's better. The people with the privilege don't always fight for those without. Which is something we see, but I was not shocked when it came down to the two minority characters fighting against this racist group of parents. It didn't shock me, not one little bit. And when Louise and Joey were interviewing one of the spokespersons from PART, well, spokespeople speaking on behalf of PART, Louise came to the conclusion in her head, they think they're on the side of the angels. They think they're justified. That is not only scary in the book, but that is also scary in real life. That is terrifying to me. <sighs> we do the best we can, you know? Now, 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 Kim, who is Louise's ex-boyfriend, is still talking that grade A smack, okay? So, Joey, who was not having it, you ain't talking about the girl I like. He called Cam a troglodyte. A troglodyte. Do you know what that is? I didn't either. I had no idea. Actually, I forgot. Oh, there it is. I wrote it down. So a troglodyte is a caveman who is regarded as being deliberately ignorant or old-fashioned. It's something about using big words that made me go like, yes! Use the big words. Call them out. Call them out with the big words. I, I, good job. Good job, Joey. Good job. Huey gets woke in this whole little exchange, right? As Huey is getting woke in this whole moment, in this whole process, he discovers, I wanna say hidden, but not really hidden, more of a dark truth about L. Frank Baum, who is the playwright and author, because I think it's also a book. I will not tell you what it is. Four days until the show, he pulls out of the show and just says, I can't do it. He says his, his, um, he can't go through with the show knowing what he knows now. The thespian in me wants to scream. It's four days. Why couldn't you tell me earlier so I could have somebody backed up? We could do this right. I got, somebody got to rush to fill your place. Like, why would you do that to me? But the activist in me is really, really proud of him for making such a hard decision because it was not easy because he felt like he was laying down his cast. I completely understand that feeling. And the activist in me is very, very proud of him 
because he made the right decision for him. And that's the most important part. Also, we find out who sent all these hate letters to all the color, the actors of color in the cast. You will never guess who it is. You won't. I don't even know if I should even put this in the in the show because I didn't really talk about these letters a lot. But there were multiple letters sent, multiple letters sent, and you will never guess who did it. You will never guess who sent these letters out. But we end this story um, on a very good note, and we love to see it. So that's the end of the book. That's really the end of the book. Like I'm not trying to give too much away, but that's the end of the book, and I really, really, really love this book. So why I recommend this book. If you are looking for a conversation starter, personally, I recommend this to middle schoolers up, from middle school up. I really recommend this book because the way it lays it out is very easy to understand. It's very clear and crisp. I also recommend it because I got um, an introduction into Native American culture that I didn't know before. And of course the book wasn't all Native American culture, but it had a good bit to get someone who has never read anything by a Native American author started. I think it's a good intro book to that. So my favorite part was the way they pointed out the insensitive and stereotypical behaviors in mainly the white people in the community. So there was red face in this book. There was a model in a headdress. There was her scummy ex-boyfriend talking about, I got some Indian in me. Whoo, baby, who does that sound like? Ah, okay. Um, they, they didn't address these issues with hate, but they addressed it with sadness and that spoke much louder than somebody yelling and screaming. To have someone sit there and be like heartbroken. The fact that you don't value me or my culture to even give it the respect it deserves. That was really one of my favorite pieces about this book. And it made me feel something, you know, and, uh, my least favorite part, I don't really have a least favorite part. Um, it was a pretty easy to read book that covered pretty hard topics. I can't say it was my favorite book I've ever read, but it was a pretty nice book. I will say that. So the moral of the story, as we learn about ourselves, we should also take time to learn about those around us. Theater is a seeing place for the community. It starts conversations that need to be had. So go support your local theaters, go support your high school theaters. If you want some theaters in Georgia, let me know. I work at an amazing one. So this is a quote that I learned when I was in high school and I was in an international lesbian society and it's kind of stuck with me all of my life. The, the motto of the organization is act well your part, there all the honor lies. And for me, that meant no matter how big or small my part was, whether I'm on stage, backstage, an extra, um, a tree, a desk, whatever. Hey everybody, it's me, I play the desk. <laughs> my part is significant to the success of the show.
And even in life, whatever you do, uh, whether that's for work, in your life, in your community, in your family, whatever you do is a significant part in making it possible and making whatever you do possible. At the end of the story, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. I hope you're excited to read the book. I hope you're excited for the rest of the month. It's going to be an amazing month and I can't wait to share more with you. Until we meet again on your own story, read to expand your mind. I'll see you next time. Bye.